I just think they said in the <laughs> they said in the Matrix that it's a cycle. Yeah, that no. it, they just do it again. It. He broke the cycle, but oh, is, or right. did he? Or well, did they got to show the broken cycle. The cycle in this context is money. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Filmhouse, everybody. This week's episode is sponsored by Quip and NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I've got my friends Elise, Adam, and James here Hello. today. My name's Daniel. Yeah, there's a lot of news going on this week. Uh, a lot of old favorite properties are returning to the big screen. Uh, James Bond in the Matrix. Uh, and an epic battle wages behind the scenes in Hollywood. Multi-billion dollar corporations are arguing over money. Our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and his future in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, also going to try and save a little bit of time at the end to start our Death Stalker cast. But uh, that's a lot to try and cover. Uh, and we need to get you guys out of here today. So let's just get going with Spider-Man, Sony versus Disney. Uh, it was announced recently Kevin Feige is not producing future Spider-Man films. This essentially removes him from the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man from damn, the damn. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Breathe. Trying, okay. to get, trying to go fast. Trying no, to go no, no, fast. it's okay. It's okay. I'm just, I, I don't want you to pass out because <laughs> it's, no, no. it's a lot of spider news. So, yeah, it's okay. Feige's out. Spidey might be out of the MCU. Mm. Um, what do you guys think? Sucks. Does suck, huh? It, well, yeah. It's, it's disappointing. I don't know. It's one of those weird conflicted situations where I feel like there's a, there's a version of this where everyone's rich. <laughs> But ultimately, the reason we're in this conflict is because those giant rich things want to be even rich. richer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like it's like it's a weird negotiation. I understand when you're negotiating at a used car dealership because the used car dealer might not be making that much money either. Mm -hmm. But then you also only have twenty five hundred dollars, <laughs> and you need to be able to get to work every single day. So I understand that kind of like I will walk right now attitude. Mm -hmm. But it's it's now this is like. You're arguing over that $2,500 car, except you're a billionaire, and then you're a multi-billionaire, and if you both agree to get the car, then mm -hmm. you'll both walk away with an extra $5 billion, only you want 70 If Spider-Man was a used car, I think he'd be a Jeep. Mm, really? Yeah. Nope. Not a bug? This yeah. AKA, what? no, no resale value. <laughs> <laughs> God, um, I just so I I hate the attitude of Sony on it, but then I guess also it's because as of right now when we're recording this, I guess people are saying it they're still in talks or there's like they're using us the people they're using <laughs> our emotions to uh, to to get what they want. Yeah, yeah I, th I think they're negotiating using the press and social media. Well, I think I think Disney knows that people love how much Spider Man is involved in their movies, mm -hmm. and I think. I think they're having these negotiations and Sony's really probably trying to hardball. Tom Rothman, the dude who's the head of the Sony motion picture group, mm -hmm. is apparently a major part of these negotiations. And I guess he was like, no, no deal. And probably walked away and like, like now we'll start the deal again next week. Mm -hmm. And I think someone from Disney said, tell the press. They said, no, tell them they don't yeah. want, they don't want an MCU yeah. anymore. And then, so then that got out because now Disney looks like, we just want to make the best Spider-Man movie we can, guys. Come on. They, you all saw Amazing Spider-Man 2. It was garbage. <laughs> like, we're just trying to make the good ones. And now Sony's like, fuck you bastards. Yeah, I, th I think it, there is a lot of fakeness coming from Disney. They essentially 
were demanding a 50% share in all of the future Spider-Man I, films. I mean, I don't know what the... Do we have the details of the deal? Because if the, I it, recall... The deal is a 50-50 split. That's what that's what Disney came to the table essentially demanding mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. But and uh, what going, the, the going, original deal was yeah, the old 5% deal. of gross profits... But off of what, like initial, initial yeah, the gross. Or whatever. Oh. So, and and Disney owns all merchandising, everything, which yeah. is probably more than any of these which, movies. Which make. is like an interesting thing because like who finances the film? It was Sony. Sony was financing. They were doing yeah. Sony mm-hmm. was financing. So it the was film. big win, big loss for them. They were all in. All the money was theirs, mm-hmm. except for merchandising, and then a little bit off the gross. Right. And so with this deal, the fifty percent, fifty fifty. Sony is still f- the financier of the film. 50% yeah. of the financier. There was going to be a, a cold split is my understanding. Yeah. That, I, that both companies would offer 50 and then they would get 50 from it. Man, this sounds like a fucking nightmare for the director, like people involved. Like, Anyone creatively like, involved? Like go to, they have to go to Sony and they're like, we need, we need another 20 million. And then they're like, we'll give you 15. And then they have to go to Disney and they go, they said 15. And go, well, no, it's, it sounds like a nightmare, but. I guess this is the world we're in when the only thing that matters are brands. Now, at least this all happened because Marvel was going out of business in like the mid 90s and they were auctioning off yeah, I all their properties. And that's why we got the Tobey Maguire movie. But why was he not hanging out with the X-Men? That's a great question, Adam. That's Fox's problem. Oh, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> where are they all in all this? Oh, they sold it. Good for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Disney, Disney bought it. <laughs> yeah, they scooped it up. Bought it back hard. So Sony did go on the defensive uh, pretty quickly on Twitter, um, essentially pushing back on Disney and saying it was it was their craziness that they wouldn't abide, and that Kevin Feige is getting pushed too thin on his producing abilities or. Uh, responsibilities oh, now yeah. that he's got X Men and Fantastic yeah. Four and Disney Plus. This is, right. this is now he's busy. Suddenly yeah. now he's busy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sony speaking on behalf of Kevin, Kevin Feige. Feige. Yeah. Nice. Well, they, yeah. Their rationale was like, well, if we can't have he- Kevin, you know, you no one can. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like you know, Kevin spend time on the stuff we own, not on a movie that we don't own anything from, other than toy rights. All, it makes it makes sense. All they have to do is keep. Tom Holland inside a universe with other superheroes that exist in other movies and we're good that yeah. and they don't have to rely on Venom and now they've only. put Tom well, Holland in a terrible position yeah, because people are decrying uh, his involvement and telling him that he should boycott yeah, well, the, you know he should pull out of the role if Sony's going to do this and you're putting him in a really tough position because well, he's probably contractually obligated oh, yeah. to make more movies I'm so sure financially that would, you know, he can't just do that. Right. Well, mom and dad fight. And, just, and yeah, he just wants to go work in the coal mines. And uh, <laughs> it, you know, he seems like a nice kid. It just kind of puts him professionally and career-wise in a sticky situation. And sticky. I just want, I just want everyone out there who is like, Venom wasn't that bad. I liked Venom to go. This is the direct result mm-hmm. of that. Well, that is essentially <laughs> it because. Yeah, Sony's their whole Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man mm-hmm. is crippled essentially. Like mm-hmm. they have all these things that are interrelated but they can't make it mm-hmm. good because they have no Spider-Man. It, and now they do. Well, they, they, they were, have their own well, they, cinematic universe they, that they can they, go and They've make. shown that they can't make it good. Well, that's the problem. They've I think, already I think shown that that's they can't the crux make of the problem. Good. That's why people <laughs> are behind Disney is because Disney made good ones and right. Sony makes shit except for Spider-Verse, which is probably just a fluke somehow. Sony well, knows that they have a valuable property and they're playing hardball, but if you're going to ask me 
if one media conglomerate is uh, less at fault than the other or like mm. more innocent than the other, I'm going to tell you no. Like yeah. they're they're both out for their best interest. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And uh, the only people it really hurts is the fans. In the so. in the end, it, it, it is a very very weird situation that we live in. I really hope that they can come to some sort of agreement, um, only because Disney shouldn't own everything. Agreed. Yeah. It's they're they're cool. a little frightening. Man, honestly. it's so cool to see Avengers, but it, I would rather a world where things are distributed, but companies learn that maybe you can figure out how to make only a fifteen percent profit as opposed to a four hundred percent profit. And you learn to work with other companies and Roger you Rabbit. share your resources. <laughs> Loan out your characters, strengthen your brand, Roger Rabbit. It just makes <laughs> like, sure Spider-Man has the exact same amount of screen time as Bugs Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I would, I would much rather see a world where this stuff happens, but it's cross-promotion between businesses working together, even so it isn't necessarily one thing has to own everything to make it possibility. I know that's a pipe dream. Sure. But, oh, like, I, I, don't, I don't think I want to go to another movie ever where it's a superhero film and it's just that one superhero or supervillain mm-hmm. whatever. You want mm-hmm. team-ups? I, I just think after Ragnarok, it, it took long enough, but someone put the math together and went, if we, or Ragnarok and Civil War, like, if we put more in, people like. Yeah. Interesting. Especially, well, I think that comedy and Marvel movies work on the same principle of, I think in comedy, when you take two things that don't belong together and you put them together, that that breeds humor. In the Marvel movies, when you take two characters that that don't necessarily jive and you put them together, that Mm. breeds great comic book story. And exactly like with Ragnarok, like that's what they did. And I want to keep seeing that personally. I I would also say like the comedy definitely works. I would also say just in terms of mythology, comics are amazing. But if you actually look at like a large swath of characters, a lot of their origins pretty similar. Oh, they're sure. all very so, same. So when you're yeah, when you're like, costumes. how do we introduce an audience to this new character? He's blonde and fires lightning bolts, as opposed to this other character who she's uh, she's a brunette and she fires water blasts. You're like, oh. It's kind of the same story. Why do I feel attacked? <laughs> <So> <laughs> no, I agree with you. What's happening? So, so like, there's a certain aspect of once you get past that, and you're like, oh no, it's about it's about the world of heroes interacting, and not mm-hmm. necessarily about each hero's individual journey. Then I think things do start to get a little bit more interesting. I will say, I personally am less afraid of the Disney conglomerate scooping everything up. I personally don't really feel a fear of that. It's more that like. There's just so many decades and decades of comic book history that you're kind of shitting on, you know, when you don't allow these sorts of things to happen. You don't allow the universes to naturally pollinate and cross-pollinate in the way that makes them interesting mm-hmm. and does service to your fans. Um, that's that's I'm not I'm not always scared of Big Bad Disney, and maybe that's uh, no. naivety on my part. But I'm a little frightened of them. Yeah. Five movies over a billion dollars already this year. Oh yeah, the garbage three more, ones at that. Three, three more on the way, possibly. I just the problem is we've already seen what happens when other companies who actually have the rights to most of it or some of it, even all of it. Um, hey, Papa, uh, Warner Brothers still can't figure that one out. Like, and then seeing someone like Disney where they can cohesively keep it all together somehow magically and then Kevin it all Feige. I, I, yeah I mean it all and then it all comes together in something like Avengers Endgame and you go oh wow okay that we're these are the rewards we are reaping from these sort of so-so standalone movies you get these big tent poles and then later on the budgets get bigger and you can have more people and not to mention Far From Home the the newest one the, the only mention 
uh, Iron Man, right? There's no other heroes other than, I guess, Mysterio, but he's new. Nick Fury. I was, I was going to say, yeah. I would say Nick Fury is I a guess, hero. I Nick Fury's in it. I don't yeah, know what he does, but... Called. But, I mean, just, just <laughs> even having those characters barely there, rather than just being offhandedly mentioned, I think just enriches everything from sure. a... It, it just makes you... I think you as a viewer makes it a bit more... You want to be more invested in what's going on. So, it's just... It just damages, like Lee said. It hurts the fans. <laughs> it does. Those are the people that are going to get hurt in the We're going to get hurt. I think, <laughs> I think originally I was in Disney's camp and was like, stupid fucking Sony, mostly because of their track record of making crap movies. Um, but I've kind of come around on it a little bit and see them more of this underdog versus this mega corporation. And they're like defending the one little franchise. Well, it's their biggest franchise in, in IP. Because I think Far From Home just went over Skyfall as far as box office performance, but um, it's it's the one thing they got, and I understand kind of just like built, snatching it and like it was defending. built on the backs of so many other things. Yes. It didn't people didn't just go, ooh, Spider-Man movie, a new one, me go see. It, it was just it, we have been building this this version of Spider-Man up over what four movies, something like that, mm-hmm. and they have a it's, real jewel with Tom Holland. That's I think that's they the do. real key. We didn't get Rhino. Okay, so now they're going to ruin this? We didn't get this cool scene. I think Sony should just give us Amazing Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Pretend like Tom Holland never existed. Yeah. Bring back Andrew Garfield. Bring back the Garf. Bring back, bring back Rhino. And then Green Goblin picks or, up right or there. whatever happened. Yeah, the do it for the fans. Six, we get this in. We just pick <laughs> up, go back to the old... Costume that doesn't blink. Yeah. But we know and, what we're comfortable with. Like, hey, you Spider Man. It's, it's Andrew Garfield mid swing of the sewer drain. Yeah. Or the he sewer just, lid. Right. He, he, goes, he goes, Whoa, I just had a crazy dream that yeah. I was um, a good version of this. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Uh, and then he yeah. continues fighting Rhino, but it's probably over before it begins. So. And it's great. And that's I think that's I think that's the best strategy. Thank you, Elise. Well, they're that's gonna smart. they're gonna have to do some sort of reboot or retcon if they cut it out of the MCU because so much of Tom Holland's Spider Man is caught up with you know Shield and yeah. Tony Stark and the where, Blip and all they, of this was it's so much in the MCU they, and him graduating in, into the Avengers. Yeah, it's, as well. it's Disney though. They have they've always had a giant red button that they can press that if something happens and this deal doesn't pan out and Spider-Man is no longer an MCU, it's basically going to be like the memory wiping device for all of Men in Black, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be for us. They have a plan that they're going to press in case it goes goes south. They're not like going to be, oh no, I was watching it going like, I'm surprised they're still wrapping them up in this because I don't think that they've settled out. They've fully hashed out where Spider-Man lands in this uh, creative rights world. I but think they left it in a way the last movie where they can he can go he can go in a direction where it'll feel weird, but they won't have to reference any of the the previous movies. We will we will <laughs> we will finally get the hero we've always wanted, Moon Knight. Yes. Which, by the way, <laughs> not invested in Moon Knight in any way, shape, or form, but I do love how now our audience is rushing to the defense of Moon Knight because apparently we are perpetually putting down Moon Knight. I've just heard nothing but terrible things about Moon Knight. But from whom? <laughs> from whom? Lawrence? He's been filling your brain with sand. I've, I've heard of one good Moon Knight comic How by Warren you? Ellis. How dare you? And that's about it. I oh, yeah. think we get He's Moon crazy. Knight in the MCU, and then everyone, no one will want Spider-Man. Well, they, they'll make I, Moon Knight, and then we'll love Moon Knight, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, you're right, we'll go Spider-Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's make, the button. Now make, Moon Knight Yeah, I know, because they made Guardians of the Galaxy good. They made Captain Marvel a billion dollars. He's all, like, Doctor Strange got a movie that was... Like people are asking for a sequel. Like, come on, they they We're did the impossible. Sequel, 
What's that? We're getting a sequel. No, I know. It was the, the Mouth of Madness or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, now now maybe Spider-Man can be in the Morbius movie with Jared Leto. Yes. And Craven the Hunter and the Black Cat movie Well, or it was weird because it seemed like they were interested in really... Because ta- Spider-Man has some great villains. Hmm? Which is something that I think a lot of the rest of Marvel kind of lacks. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man has like some of the best villains in all of Marvel, discounting the X-Men. But like <laughs> Sinister Six. Well, yeah, I mean it's like really, be a really good cool stuff. Movie. So like they're not always the same six. No. It, Sometimes no. you get Electro or Shocker <laughs> or Electric Man. Like could you, like different worlds where like you know, Craven the Hunter shows up in a Black Panther movie or something like mm-hmm. like they're. If they could start using those things, then now things are going to get a lot better. Right? It's not going to happen. I Actually, I, I don't know. I do think that maybe by the time it's time for another Spider-Man, Sony and Disney I think could they're get together figure on this. Out, I mean, it happened with, you know, we were, everyone's complaining about James Gunn getting fired from Guardians. And yep. it took a few months, mm. a matter part of a year, and things that's came back little, around. That's more of an HR and uh, acquisition sort of deal where... Uh, that Fox merger was going on at that time. So sure. I think Sony, or uh, sorry, uh, Disney was trying to alleviate themselves of any bad press whatsoever and just saying, we took care of it. James Gunn done. And they were like, okay, fine. Just nothing could rock that ship at that time. Mm-hmm. So this is a much different one where, like James yeah. is saying, two billionaires are upset at each other. It is. Well, each one wants more money. Trial and R&D by press. But what's interesting about Disney is I do think that they listen and they have an ear to the ground listening to the community. I think that them pursuing Ewan McGregor for an Obi-Wan movie mm-hmm. is them looking at the internet and going, a lot of people point to Ewan McGregor as the best thing about those prequels. Yeah. We mm-hmm. should like- Well, do we have a better know. idea than this? And yeah. the answer is <laughs> no, then sometimes they go with that idea. Yeah, so I will say like, I don't think they just completely disregard. No, I don't know, think so either, but I also think, I think the ultimate motivation for them is money. Absolutely. absolutely. And they're like, oh, you and McGregor motivation. will make more money than if we try and recast. Oh, and we're absolutely. also going to look at some giant robot, which is pulling solutions from Solo. <laughs> where, you know, like they're like, we recast that and we mm-hmm. did this and it didn't make that. And so, so we'll make it Disney show. And yeah, therefore it's Walt's Dis- head in a computer yeah. scanning yeah. numbers and calculating yeah. things. And then it spits out a little sheet of paper <laughs> that just says, like, give keep One Spider-Man billion? or something. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so something I thought was interesting I came across recently, the Steamboat Willie, is that it? Yeah. The Mickey, original Mickey Mouse, uh, goes into public domain on January 1, 2024. Yeah, we'll Can't see. Wait. So, yeah, if everyone <laughs> everyone that's interested alive, in uh, U.S. copyright law, uh, that should change before January 1st it's in five years. It's worth noting that that should have gone into public domain a long time ago or 30 if it years wasn't ago. for the fact that Disney spent a shit ton of money lobbying so, the government to prevent it from doing yeah. so. Yeah. So if you say you're not afraid of mega corporations, Disney is able to affect laws that affect your everyday life. Name more than frightening. the ones they already did. <laughs> if only Arthur Conan Doyle knew that he could have kept old Sherlock out of the <laughs> for public domain years. for another 200. He didn't care. Oh, well. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I would say don't panic. Sure. I feel like there will be a deal that is reached, um, and then if nothing else, we'll get Moon Knight. So. And, you <laughs> know, and Spider-Verse 2. Chill out and floss. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. <laughs> like floss your teeth or do uh, uh, Not flossing, though, uh, but you should check out Quip's uh, super sweet toothbrush. I understand now. What's the best way to ease back into a routine? Start it up before the end of summer, especially if you're headed back to school. The lightweight, compact design of Quip means that you can bring it along with you on those last summer weekend getaways. So enjoy sleeping in. 
then ease back into the swing of things with a smile. Quip features sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. Up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. Quip's brush has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds. It reminds you when to switch sides to help you clean your whole mouth evenly. The multi-use cover works as a stand, it mounts to mirrors, and it slides over your bristles to pack and protect your Quip on the go. Quip declutters your sink or cabinet and makes traveling with an electric toothbrush easier. There are no wires or a clunky charger, and it runs for three months on a single charge. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule of every three months for just $5. It's a friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. I love Quip because it reminds me to stick it out for the whole two minutes of brushing, which keeps my teeth healthy. So that's why I love Quip and why it's perfect for getting back into a routine. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com film right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. So that's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com film. Getquip.com slash film. You get a refill pack for free. Quip's pretty awesome. I use mine all the time. And uh, thank you, Quip, for bringing us here this week. We were talking about Spider-Man and Sony and Disney and really cool negotiations behind the scenes Hollywood crap. But now, um, James, you're a super big James Bond fan, right? I am. Uh, there was some James Bond news this week. You know, I was named after James Bond. Is that true? No. That's what he decided Absolutely. later in who life. Were, who yeah. were you named after? My uncle. How does the song go? Bond My James. uncle Jaime. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. right. What? I'm mixed race. What, you want like a medal? No. Okay. How's this, there's like the song that's like, there's no time to die. There's it's no time song. to die. How's yeah. this? I came up with a theme song for the new Bond movie. Uh-huh. I think it's, I think it's a banger. Okay, let's hear it, bud. All right. There is no time to die. There is no time to die. He has time to sleep. He has time to eat. But he has no time to die. Because James Bond doesn't die. He likes to go gambling. And he has good luck. Later on, he likes to... Curate a hockey puck. There is no time to die. There is no time to die. Cause James Bond, he has no time to die. Thank you. Thank you, Fareed. Uh, so yeah, Daniel Craig returns as James Bond, Agent 007, in No Time to Die. Yeah. The only uh, new information here is the title. Yeah. It's a very throwback title. It is, it's it's pretty generic. What is it, the seventh it, it, one to have die in the title? You know, you go Close. Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, and then you, No Time to Die feels like a Brosnan, feels like a, sh like mm -hmm. a Connery throwback. Feels like one I could have seen already and yes, forgotten about. The absolutely. thing that I'm most in, excited about was that logo. That logo oh, yeah, design cool. is great. It's also like, retro. That's very classic. Yeah. Kind of like a 60s. This? Yeah. 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 That's super cool. It's, it's like they are trying to image channel Connery Bond. So Danny Boyle dropped out of directing Danny Boyle's it. gone. Yeah. Good risk. I think Maybe we got a good replacement. Was, yeah. I Who? think we Gary did Fuganaga. too. He's pretty awesome. Oh, True yeah. Detective? Yeah. True Detective. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And it writer. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Is one of the writers. Mm -hmm. My okay. girl. Love uh, her. It's stacked. People love her. James, James Bond movies are great because you could flip a coin and it could be one or the other. You don't know. Might be one of the best movies ever made or it could be... Just a slog. I how dare you? <laughs> I think James Bond has a pretty good batting average. 
for how many? Twenty. There's this is the twenty fifth film. I've this, only well, seen the Daniel Craig ones. Dan, is it? They did oh, the same shit. one twice. He's right? Never say never again. Oh, yeah, damn. Thunderball hmm. two. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen one Pierce Brosnan, maybe two of them. Twenty seventh, if you count the first Casino Royale, starring Jimmy Bond, American Spy. <laughs> <laughs> is that the goofy one? Yeah, that was a weird movie. Ugh. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, Bond's coming back next April, which actually doesn't seem that far away anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. No Time to Die. Could James Bond die in a Bond movie and kill off um, Daniel Craig? I mean, I would so say we can the get title well indicates yeah. that no. I, I would say yeah. that there is there a possibility is no they will kill off Daniel Craig in this one. There's no time. What if they shoot out the no in the opening mm-hmm. credits and oh, it says time he, to die? Sorry, I just don't have the time. <laughs> he, he fakes his death and then he goes, no you, Jeremy Renner. You're gonna be. <laughs> you're the next Bond, and then he goes. No way. I'm coming back for well, another one. Who is it who's saying there's yeah. gonna be some sort of line in the movie where he's going, uh, where he's gonna go? It's time to die, Mister Bond, and he goes. No time no. to die. In his but, Daniel Craigie voice. No time. No time to die. No. I, my t- reference was to Mission Impossible, Born Identity, and I was like, this is just another movie Jeremy Renner won't be able to take over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Sorry, like, Renner. I was reading the synopsis this morning mm. and kind of excited that it's in Jamaica because going from like the snow-covered mountain to like a fun... Uh, I also like that Bond has retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't I it start like, with a well, female so, double yes, O-A-G? Yeah. Craig ones have a- all been weird, though, because he has been... He's a part-time agent yeah. in almost every single one of his movies. Didn't in, he retire in, after Casino? In Casino yeah. in Casino Royale, he's not even a fully fledged agent until the prologue's done, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's your first kill." And then this, and then it's supposed to be his first like big outing mm-hmm. is what he does in Casino Royale, and that, but it has such a lingering effect on him that he kind of goes rogue in Quantum of Solace, and then post Quantum of Solace in Skyfall, he's just. He's off the grid. They so don't how, even know or care. How long they is he a real registered agent for? Like, like a year? A week? Weeks. <laughs> I think like a week. Um, he's what's, 23 years old. What's the life on a, on a 007? Is it like basketball players? It's probably they, pretty oh, short, yeah. Shorter than pro wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, Alec Trevelin was uh, 00 for a while until he got blown up in Goldeneye. But yeah, but yeah so, so we thought. It is, it is interesting that they are going, like, for some reason, Daniel Craig, maybe because he's just older, it's like, it's like James Bond isn't even Bond. And I'm like, yeah, never has been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Practically, he's, he's barely part of the MI6. Yeah. Like, barely. Well, because he goes, he goes rogue in Skyfall, but then they bring him back, and they're like... He shows up, but he's out of shape. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> you can't do as many pull-ups as you're supposed to do to kill people and stuff. Can't shoot as well. Um, I'm too and, old for this stuff. Yeah, but then <laughs> he shows okay. them that he is still good, and he can still do it, and then at the end, he's like, oh, you killed M. I, I guess... A question for you, James, as yeah. someone who's seen more James Bond movies than anyone else that I know. Mm-hmm. Has this version of James Bond, the Daniel Craig one, fallen in love and like pursued more long-term relationships than any other Bond? He's the most emotive, I would say. The less okay. cold-blooded killer? No, he's definitely cold-blooded. I would say he's pretty vicious. Like The Daniel Craig Bond is very vicious. Like he guy. pursues people and murders them hard. Yeah. Right? And, and will stop at nothing to murder them. But he also like falls in love really, really quick, which mm-hmm. is like a not Bond attribute. Like he bangs chicks, but he, he doesn't really, he's getting used almost more by the women in his movies than Bond used to like say a a um, Sean Connery or a Roger Moore Bond would use women to get to where he needs to go. He gets used a lot. It's still misogynistic, <laughs> but like, you know, he's fallen in love with Vesper. 
He almost kind of had a thing with Olga Kurilenko in Skyfall. He fell in love with M, <laughs> and <laughs> as his like mother dearest or whatever yeah. mothering relationship, and then he fell in love with Leah Sadu. I'm so happy she's at back. the at the end of this. So like he's he's almost in some ways the more vulnerable one. I think he's yeah. just he's a Bond who is constantly tethered to his emotional state, Remember? which is. Probably, yeah, the only time they've done that. Remember how we were all like, ugh, a blonde Bond? Do remember ugh. That. Now I'm that. like, if the next blonde isn't, uh, if, the ne- <laughs> if the next Bond isn't black, I am out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, if it is a white man, I, I will not watch these movies. <laughs> I remember seeing Craig in Layer Cake and thinking he could do mm-hmm. this movie. I yeah. think that's what got him the role. Yeah, I, I think it was. Less. It was that or wrote a partition. Partition? Perdition. Perdition. Which he's barely in. You forget, but I, he's what, in it. What was the Spielberg movie about the Olympic Oh, oh uh, Munich? Was Munich? He was kind of a yeah. spy in that, yeah. too. Yeah, he? kind of. He was building up to it. They did the right yeah. thing. He's a great Bond. Yeah, I think he's one of the best, for sure. Nancy um, Do is a great Bond girl. I love her. I, I think, think she's she's good, except for perfect. that one point, Inspector, when she goes, she whispers in, I love you. Yeah, and I didn't like that. And that causes the drugs to not work on him anymore. Didn't like that. Like, yeah, I, just, I, I always thought that that scene would have been better if she was like, uh, we'll do anal. Like she was, she's like, "I'll let you fuck my ass," and then he goes, "What?" And he pops up, "Brutal, <laughs> starts shooting dudes. Um, and then when it comes, the you know, the barrel of the gun, it's actually just her, her butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he walks up into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he does the hand, but he just yeah. sticks it in. I, mean, I was having a conversation. It was the I think the three of us, you, me, and Alana, right, are having a conversation about Bond just the other day. And I said that, like, in terms of attributes that I think should be carried over into Bond, the only thing that I'm really kind of... I don't want him to be flimsy. Oh, yeah, you don't want him to be, like, a little skinny I don't want a I don't want a Ben Wishaw Bond. Oh, okay. Okay. That's that's my only criteria. I don't care. You want a big, muscular, brutal man? The whole woman thing, I don't care. Like, none of that bothers me. Just make her jacked. I don't... I just... (laughs) just, No, just tough. I just uh, like sure. if you were talking about Bond's man, physicality. If it, it is a version. man, I know that we have moved aesthetically into this realm where men are kind of more like straight rulers mm-hmm. with very long, spindly legs and mm-hmm. long arms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Non-threatening. <laughs> she's pointing at you. Um, <laughs> but I was wiping my nose. Out. I always like a physical Bond. <laughs> like Pierce Brosnan is perfectly fine. He's still. He's still hits the criteria of like, okay, well, if someone hit him, he wouldn't pass out on the ground or whatever. Yeah. So that's my only criteria for Bond attributes. Everything else, up for grabs. He drank the most <laughs> tea of any Bond. Pierce Brosnan? Probably, yeah. Probably. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think Bond's gonna die? Do you think they would do that in a Bond I movie? I think so. Just I don't to know why him. you would. He's you died already. Like, he dies all the time. You might not so know, and then he winks at Alfred. Like, oh, well, you that's know? a good one. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, it might be ambiguous he whether and Javier Bardem reunite. <laughs> if you watch that scene again, though, Christian Bale looks sort of like, help. Yeah. <laughs> he does like, kind of a, he does, like a nod. He goes, help. He's like, I made the yeah. mistake of telling her where yeah. I was going, and yeah. she came with me, and she's, she is not good. She's, she's a clinger. She, she stole stuff from it's a like, Sears. She's yeah. constantly <laughs> she's constantly talking about high school, and yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. I, we haven't seen any of the same movies. It's killing me. Um, so I don't I don't know. I feel like I feel like the character Bond never has to die. No. It's just he's constantly dying and resurrecting in his own films that it does it would seem strange to be like, okay, we killed off the character. Like I don't know what different 
catharsis you would get from that. None. But I don't know. I don't care. They can just do whatever news. they want. That's what I love about Bond. Damn. They just keep doing whatever they want, reinventing it. Bond and Mission Impossible, I will watch till the day I die. Fucking love spies. Okay. Um, other news. Uh, this week it was announced Matrix Part 4 is going to start pre-production or s- start production next year. With only one Wachowski. Yeah. Uh, Lana Wachowski is going to return to write and direct, mm. which I think is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think she's awesome and has made uh, wonderful films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss are going to return as well. No word about Lawrence Fishburne. Mm, I know everyone's Adam informed us. Sorry, spoiler. Uh, as we all played the Matrix Online, we all ha- <laughs> we we came to the online vigil for Morpheus uh-huh. to continue the story. Okay. Uh, How did cares? he die? Old age. Oh, really? <laughs> Just Wait, in his, the in his sleep. Didn't he 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 ate some bad uh, mush in a tin can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was expired. Yeah, it was more expired than it, more than it usually can. is. Yeah, um, I, I think this I is exciting. Actually, I, I, we really, all, we all like the Matrix, don't we? Yeah, I'll take more Matrix. I'll take more Matrix from the Matrix. I was going to say Lana's involved, so it's not just you know mm-hmm. some rando. I, if there's a story they need to tell, and there is something worth saying, go for it. I think at the time Matrix was ahead. Of, it was actually ahead of its time with this whole thing of like. Uh, spying and being, you know, in control of your life and all these yeah. sorts of things. You're a slave. Yeah. I mean, they're also using themes that are, I guess, sort of evergreen. But if there's been something happening in society, they feel like, oh, this needs to be told in a sci-fi setting that we can do something interesting with. Yeah, go for it. Do your thing. But if you're just making a sequel to make a sequel, that's how Death Stalker got started. <laughs> here's, so here's the thing. I always try and think about, like, the career of the an auteur, sort of. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say the Wachowskis are auteurs. Um, they could do whatever they wanted after the Matrix, mm-hmm. and they, they did had so much money. And they did, and they made great shit. Speed Racer and Cloud Atlas. Okay, I Jupiter, didn't hear Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending is terrible. Sense Eight, but Jupiter Ascending is terrible only because it strived for way too much. Sure, and they had way less to work with. And I always, I've never talked to them. I'd love to have a conver- sit-down conversation to see don't, how, I don't think they how do close press. or completely off base I am about this assumption. But I feel like they keep getting to this point in their career where they're extremely talented and they have amazing ideas. But it's new. They're new ideas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the studios make them do a make good, like to show that they can oh. still do Matrix money. Yeah. And every single time it, they come up to bat, they do not, they, they don't hit a home run. Mm-hmm. So Speed Racer... Didn't it, amazingly reviewed. I think it's an incredible film. Didn't do great. Cloud Atlas. I think it's just an absolutely stunning adaptation and is an incredible film. Just remarkable. Didn't do that great. No. Jupiter Ascending mm, <laughs> maybe is yeah. the biggest failure. But if you see how a, a studio would say we want you to make a Space Twilight, then it starts to kind of add up. Yeah. Also didn't do great. So. Iron Man talk like this or whatever you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. You speak up, Jupiter Man. <laughs> and so if if now what they have to do or what Lana has to do is she has to make a Matrix again without and, Lily and use use that to l- leverage herself back into a career like I get it yeah, sure. I well, there, there were reports not too long ago that they uh, shut down their production office just because yes. they had no projects mm-hmm. so yeah. I thought that was sad and the, the news of them coming back is great I, the the second two Matrix films weren't good enough to make this some sort of like holy project that you can never touch again or ever remake or reboot 
So like okay. I, th- I feel like they already ruined their legacy a decade my, ago. My fear was that they have been surpassed by the genre they kind of helped pioneer. Mm, the sci-fi fun. action. They not that they invented it, but they definitely pushed it forward mm-hmm. in a certain way. It's sort of like a John Romero type situation. I'm sorry, George Romero uh, situation where the man invented the zombie genre, but then people were just running past him and he's like, <laughs> wait, slow down. And, and then he was still making of the dead movies in like the the, the 2000s, 2000s yeah and they were not good and yeah and then like Zack Snyder was doing remakes that were pretty damn good mm-hmm. and like other people are doing other stuff with zombies or yeah. we've moved on past zombies into something different and I I just hope it's not one of those sad situations where you see the original creator come back and go I'm back I'm gonna do it and John Wick has already done more like for that sort of action genre or has done something more exciting with it I guess mm-hmm. not not that it's the same thing I just I see Keanu Reeves, I see Neo, so. That's true. Well, I think there, there was a lot of interesting visuals in the original Matrix, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was still practical-based. You know, mm-hmm. they invented that camera that zoomed around. A lot of that stuff you don't have to do anymore, because pretty much anything you can think of, you can make with just CGI and, and well, they computers. Were the, they were kind of the first ones to do a lot of this mm-hmm. perfect marriage of computers and... Mm-hmm. Uh, like when Neo's yeah. rubber banding around all those. <laughs> <laughs> the man, oh man. The perfect marriage. Both. Both the Wachowskis and I think George Lucas were the ones who said, it's perfect, it's ready. And everyone's like, no, it's not. And then he said, watch, you'll mm. see. <laughs> and you go back and watch any of the prequels and it's bad. I'd be ready for Matrix. I've been really into this one conspiracy theory right now about the Saturn cube and its connection to the Mandela effect. And what, what's the what, Saturn cube? What, what, yeah. It's, I'm, g- it's, gonna, it take, it's, a lo- it's very layered. But basically just that like CERN may have conducted some type of Experiment that you know threw us all into. You're a You're talking about the Large Hadron Collider. Hadron, <laughs> yes, what? the Hadron, Hadron Collider. Hadron. That that you perhaps right. perhaps that malfunctioned, and we are all just living in a you know since 2012 been living oh. in a simulation. But it's a great great conspiracy theory. And okay. uh, Saturn Cube. Saturn Cube. Right. Look it up. Just a simulation. Uh, who cares? Your whole life's a simulation. Yeah, I know. You're just neurons flashing in your brain. Come on. It's true. You're already you are in your matrix. <laughs> In your skull. I'm saying, like, I'm fine with it. And I also think that the Wachowskis would be fine with it. Hmm. Maybe they invented it. You could always watch the 13th floor instead. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) 13th floor comes up a lot in the Saturday discussion. No. 13th floor (laughs) matrix. I'm asking you seriously, in this conspiracy theory, does 13th floor come up a lot? Like, it comes up in, in, if they're referencing, you know, similar types of media that sort of point to Uh this type of idea. Existence comes up, 13th floor matrix. Um forget what else. It's a really fun one. I love those. I don't buy into them necessarily, but I love really just kind of fun, deep conspiracy theories. I love the, you know, you guys know I love the Paul is dead conspiracy theory. I'm having a a bad day. I go dig it up, pour (laughs) over it. Um, Some things about uh, the Matrix that I find interesting. Jeff Darrow, uh, one of the original concept designers, has already been working on the new Matrix with uh, Steve Skrokey. Skrokey? I think. I don't know. Which anime Um, will they rip off this time? I'm just kidding. Good question. They're they're both great artists and I think contributed a lot to the visual look of the Matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, And having them back should make it sort of cohesive. When they're in the Matrix, it's green because the code is green. (gasps) Is that a movie details? That is a movie fact. Um, one of the one of the other screenwriters, other than uh, Lana and this other guy Alexander Hemen that I don't know, is David Mitchell, the guy that wrote Cloud Atlas. Yeah, he's Slade actually, House. Yeah, he's, he's a cool he's author. A very very cool uh, writer. Has mm-hmm. very interesting fiction. Uh, always has innovative ways of telling a story. 
So I think having a big brain like that along should hope, hopefully make this high-minded like the original Matrix there's, was. There's a brief aside. There's a good, there's a great moment in the Cloud Atlas special features where they're talking about some of the different production design that they came up with in Cloud Atlas, and there's this very important book, and the and they they it's like their Bible, their production. Yeah, and, and the Wachowskis point out that the book is made up of a certain costume attribute. Hey guys, steal this from movie details or whatever. It's made up of a certain costume attribute from one of the characters that existed in like uh, like a thousand years before, mm-hmm. and cool. and they're with David Mitchell who goes. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, there's so. And they're, like, they're like, yeah, and he goes, he goes, oh my, that's a, that's incredible. That's gonna be yeah. the book. It's so great. There are all these connections that they're drawing, and they're saying, well, we did this because this. And David Mitchell's just there, there and he's like, oh wow, How do you come up with <laughs> that's great. Stuff? You, guys, yeah. you guys should write a book. Yeah, it's you should make funny. a movie. So the Matrix reincarnation, uh, resurrection, rebirth. I don't uh, know. It's got to be an R, right? You call it Matrix recalling, like a, the replying to an email. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What? Email's yeah. popular now. Recall. Now. Matrix story. Oh, no. Matrix. Re- Animatrix. And it's all animated. What do they call it? Animatrix <laughs> That two. was one, oh. of the, one of the original uh, cinematic universes. Mixed they were media. trying to make a lot of Matrix well, stuff. Well, let's call it for what it is. Multi, what is it? Multimedia synergy. Yeah. <laughs> or 4D or whatever. God. Uh, hey, it was a good time to be alive. <laughs> it was a very exciting time to wear a trench coat. If you liked something... You got a bunch of it. All right. So uh, we have a announcement from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. So everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics, Elise. Almost 29 people in the U.S. die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Yeah, uh, drunk driving not only can have a stake in your life, it can have a stake in your wallet, too. Uh, You could get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could even lose your job from drunk driving. Uh, So what can you do to possibly prevent drunk driving? You can do all sorts of things, my friend, James. Like what? Well, you can plan, plan your evening out, you know, Get a taxi set up or, you know, all sorts of rideshare services before you go out. Uh, just don't, do not drive. It's really, don't do that. Please take a taxi, anything. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys away from them. Arrange for them to get a sober ride home. There's so many different ways you can do it now. There's really no excuse. So we all know the consequences of driving drunk. So do not do it. Yeah. So one thing is for sure. You're wrong if you think driving drunk is not a big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. And I think we're all being very serious here. We joke a lot, but um, driving drunk is really, really wrong. There's no reason to do it, especially now that we have rideshare. It's too easy to get around it. So drive safe out there. And thanks, NHTSA, for bringing us here this week to talk about a bunch of movie news. Yeah. And thanks for bringing a real important message to the people. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, we got a few minutes left. To get a to few the minutes. that's the perfect amount of time <laughs> to get about to the Death Stalker, the yeah, first actually, part of our Death Stalker cast. Hey, movie club! The good thing is that this this podcast will get shorter and shorter because there'll be less new things to talk about every single time. That's I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, you don't so, want to do that. Um, I think we are just going to talk a little bit about Death Stalker One today. We've started two and had to leave uh, in the middle of it. Unfortunately, had to yesterday. leave. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, everyone was real sad, but. It, 
I picked this completely based on the Frank Frazetta looking cover. Yeah, um, what brought what prompted this whole thing? Uh, you were scrolling well, through Amazon well, Prime Dan, Video. Yeah. We, we were trying Dan, to talk about yeah. ideas for Filmhouse, and mm-hmm. Adam was like, "Why don't we watch bad movies that anyone can see?" Well, no, I said, "I said it's summer, and maybe there's not a lot coming out right at this time. We're waiting for movies like It, Chapter Two, and all this other stuff." So I was like, "Okay, well, maybe while we're waiting, um, we can do like a movie of the month club, mm-hmm. and we can just hey, these are movies that are available <laughs> on Amazon or Netflix, but we can have you can have fun with your friends." Elise was there. You were there. Dan was on his phone. We were all there, and we watched it. <laughs> and I feel close. It, it's sort of like doing your own like riff tracks because we it, were just making fun of the movie the whole time. And that was probably but. the best part of a really shitty movie was just sitting yeah. with friends and joking about it and laughing at bad cuts or bad takes. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. the rape. Went, that's well, what made it really yeah, uncomfortable. It was, that honestly, was the worst part. <laughs> I, I probably I, could have done a little bit more research into Deathstalker <laughs> before uh, we hit play, but it, well, I judge the book by the cover. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it opens with a rape and then. It bookends. Well, I, would say, <laughs> you know? I would say one of my favorite aspects Whoa. of the film Deathstalker is that the hero is an irredeemable son of a <laughs> bitch. Yeah. I mean, that is an interesting, like, protagonist is someone it's, that you detest. It is, yeah. it is weird. It, it doesn't seem to be, like, it's, it's one of those things. Charmless, personality-less, well, characterless. Yeah, and, and, and a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, He's got it all. It is one of those weird things <laughs> where, like, you know, I don't think stories have to have traditional heroes and traditional villains by any means. Sure. Lots of stories. Mm-hmm. But some for some reason it feels like, oh, well, a lot of times you want to find something in the world to be invested in, but mm. this, I was like, we should just firebomb the whole universe, <laughs> and we will miss nothing because it doesn't appear that there's anything. Well, worth also, saving. we found out that this is a pretty profitable franchise because yeah. they spent so they they spent like a softcore porn budget or a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more. But th- there are there's a lot of nudity. I mean, basically, Conan came out. Yeah, and Conan was. Uh, hugely huge profitable success. on a small budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are like, we like muscular men with swords. Um, but there is just one scene that I thought was actually pretty funny, even though the context is terrible. Uh-huh. But there's a part where the main villain comes up with probably the best plan to kill Deathstalker, who is our, you know, our Conan the Barbarian mm-hmm. uh, foil. And he goes, I will... Come here, guard, male mm-hmm. guard. I will transform you to look like the <laughs> princess of this castle. We were sort of unaware of that the existed. Mm-hmm. He goes, and you will go in to the to Deathstalker's room, and you will kill him before this tournament. Yeah, and you will do this now in the form of a woman. And he yeah. goes, oh my god, and he transforms into a woman. Yeah, he takes a knife and he goes in, and then he gets close to Deathstalker as only a woman with the intention of having sex with him possibly could, mm-hmm. and then goes for the kill. But Deathstalker swipes the knife out of his hand immediately and then holds him down and then tries to have sex with him while he's screaming, no, I'm actually a man. Well, and then Deathstalker's outraged when he finds a penis. He doesn't he find, doesn't find a, a penis. penis. I think he just finds nothing. Because oh. there's a point where he tries to go like, what? why oh, can't I fuck oh, you? Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. I thought well, it was hard more... to follow. No, I'm okay. pretty sure... They just, he becomes like a Ken doll down there. Oh. But he looks like a woman well, everywhere else. And well, then, he had like nipples. Yeah. Sure. No, I mean, Why it transforms on the vagina. Stuff. I don't know. The magic isn't that strong. Either way, <laughs> Munkar. The whole thing is with a hero like that, you should be like, oh, well, these, these common uh, lustfulness, those are the things that cause everyday men to lose the battle and then ultimately be overcome. But in Deathstalker's case, he also succumbs to those things, but then he doesn't care, and then he tries to rape the guard. 
So it's. I think then his his love interest is killed shortly thereafter, and then just oh, yeah. moves on. He immediately moves on. Very I don't quietly, even think he knew that they were love interests. We didn't know that she was dead. We had this to look is the up. topless hero. Yeah, yeah. They're all topless. It's well. yeah. It's it's just an excuse to get people naked. <laughs> um, what was your Pig favorite? Pigman's my favorite part. Always. Yeah, Pigman's the definite highlight of the movie and the true hero of Deathstalker, to mm-hmm. be quite frank. Which is great because we're doing all of them, and I we would, know <laughs> some of our favorite characters return. Might mm-hmm. return. Maybe not the same actors who are playing the same character. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a pretty cool puppet man, man in, in the, the in the cave costume. at the beginning that you liked. Oh yeah. Yeah, he had good style. He had good. <laughs> He had a great little voice and, and like a, a Brooklyn thing. accent. Yeah. Or something. Like, hey, I'm a Republican. Boy, hey, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's to me when they lean into those actual fantasy <laughs> elements, not this like you know jabroni Deathstalker. Mm-hmm. But that's when the movie flies. It soars. I was just. <laughs> I, I enjoyed also the incomprehensible dialogue. There would just be a line that wasn't recorded at a level enough to be oh, able yeah. to make it out. Audio mm-hmm. trash. Mm-hmm. Um, Music gets better in the second one. I know that, but we'll oh, talk yeah. about that one later. <laughs> that's Music, when, that's when uh, the, the true genres of synth music and fantasy mm. fuse yeah. as they should. Of uh, and they converge at affordability, <laughs> which is what we all want. <laughs> There's just a lot of things like. What is Deathstalker? There's a lot of questions. <laughs> why is Deathstalker? What's he doing? Why when? is he known the as the Deathstalker? No one ever talks about his reputation. Except it people seem to know him. Kind of like James Bond, it's almost like a mantle that someone wears. Yeah. But I don't know why. I think if you want to peek into the upcoming Witcher series starring Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. you can get a little taste with Deathstalker 1 through 4. Okay. Uh, right. Streaming for free on Amazon, even though you pay $90 a year for it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Free. I would say all in all, I give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, it was an enjoyable time. Uh, minus all the rape. Says Dan. Yeah. It was some of the most uncomfortable fun I've ever had <laughs> it with was, you guys. That's why it was interesting. Yeah. I think. Uh, what? But, but trash. Like, Don't watch it with family. No. No, I would say you can just skip and probably. Yeah. I would say. Two times speed maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're into the fantasy genre, watch all the better ones. It's true. There, there, there might be like two minutes of cool shots and cinematography in this movie. Out of the hour and twenty minutes. That's what you was. were judging it on. But it, the, he, like he's he, doing a sword. He's like got like a sword and he's underground uh, and it's backlit. That's about it. You know, in in like uh, action movies when they they film it in a way mm-hmm. where like I punch you and like so you go along with yeah. it. Yeah. They don't do any of that in this no, movie, no, and that's what I I liked about it. They it's like. It's sort of like seeing behind the scenes like while they film because improv choreography. Yeah, like they they hit a guy with a sword on the broadside and go like that, ah. and then they go, "I'm dead." Yeah, yeah. And go, "Now I know that they're dead because yeah. they said it." Yeah. So thank you, Deathstalker. Yeah. Well, we got some more Deathstalker coming. You guys keep watching them. We'll keep talking about them. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. It, any other death, Deathstalker <laughs> no. talk no, from nope. anybody? <laughs> nope. Yeah, there's not really a lot to talk about. <laughs> I, th- we watched Why the first. Why it's not half- called Talkers? Talking stalkers. I don't know, but <laughs> Good point. that's it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was having a little bit of fun with the second one. Um, we'll talk about it next time. Yeah, dude. we can talk yeah, about next that next rush. week. Don't get ahead of yourself. Stalkers. Not doing that. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for coming around this week, you guys. Um, yeah, watch Deathstalker 2. We'll talk about it in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you have no choice. That's not a formal recommendation. <laughs> yeah, God, no. We, no, no man comes back, not. though. Stop spoiling it. Well, it's that's a tease. Adam. Yeah. Nice. Watch Booksmart. <laughs> Don't watch Uh, Also, the Invader Zim movie. Go watch that one. That was pretty good, too. Enter the Florpus. It's good. What's it called? Enter the Florpus. All right. Invader Zim. It's back after like 10 years, and it's great. It's on Netflix. Watch it. All right. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.